Well, it's good to be here amongst you. And as you know, we've started a series on prayer. And uh, so that's where we're going to be going again this morning. We want to welcome our internet listeners, those who perhaps are listening online. Thank you for joining us. And we trust uh, that you've already been blessed and you'll continue to be as we open the word of God together. Did you know, I'm sure many of us do, that God accomplishes the impossible through the vehicle of prayer. Isn't that staggering? (laughs) He accomplishes the impossible through the vehicle of prayer, and he invites us. We all, sitting here this morning or listening online, he invites us to partner with him in prayer. Uh, The prophet Jeremiah said nothing or, or, or God said through the prophet Jeremiah, nothing is too difficult for me. Is anything too hard for me, says the Lord? And so he has invited us into this wonderful partnership together. Now the title of my message this morning is Asking and Receiving. Asking and Receiving. And so let's read together these verses. If you have your Bible, it's always good to open that, a phone, a device, whatever. Um, But the Word of God is living and active, and we need to um, be really looking into it, reading it together. So um, asking and receiving these verses from John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verses 13 and 14. And Jesus said... You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And in these verses, uh, there's just three truths I'd like to, to pick out before I go on to share some testimonies. Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son, Jesus, can bring glory to the Father. And prayer is about understanding that God is our Father, and we are his children. As well as being a mighty warrior, a shield, a fortress, the great I am from the beginning of time, and more besides, God is our Father. And he's referred to as such 15 times in the Old Testament and over 200 times in the New Testament. Our Father, our Father. Now, our wonderful Heavenly Father knows all about us. The Bible tells us the very hairs of our head are numbered. And the Bible also tells us that he knows my name. He knows your name. And more than that, he's written it even on his hand. Your name this morning is written on the hand of the Lord. And that means that when he sees your name, when he ponders on your name, he is actually thinking and looking at all our circumstances, all our trials, all our troubles, all the things that concern us. They're all known to him. His fatherhood is oh so good. 
And the prophet Jeremiah tells us that he has good plans for each one of us and to give us a future and a hope. That's how good our Father is. And that's how we need to see prayer, not just trying to persuade God, not nagging God, not arguing with God, not coercing him, but coming to our Father who loves us very, very much. And then as the answers come, oh, how we can thank him. We can thank our Father, my Abba, as Romans 8 and Galatians 4 refer to him, meaning Daddy, Abba, very intimate term, brimming with affection and closeness. That's who we're talking to when we pray. Prayer is all about God's fatherhood. And the more I understand and grasp that, the more that truth impacts and changes me, the easier it is to pray. Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that Jesus can bring glory to the Father. Prayer, glorifying the Father. That's the first truth that I see in these little verses. And secondly, prayer is all about asking. Spurgeon, a mighty preacher from the early 1900s had one of his students open the Sunday service with prayer and his prayer went here there and somewhere else and it was very flowery and there were lots of long words and theological terms and Spurgeon crept along and tapped him on the shoulder and said call him father and ask him for something So while this student was getting all tangled up with the ins and outs of theology and so on, he said, just call him Father and ask him for something. That's what prayer is, asking God. You can ask for anything. Yes, if you ask me for anything. No asking, no prayer, really. Ask anything. Maybe it's a small thing. John was struggling in the chaotic traffic of Black Friday downtown. And I was hearing on the CBC News how especially awful it was uh, all around Polo Park. And that's exactly where John was. So he's on the phone in the car. And um, it it was just terrible. Um, But he needed to get to a store just opposite Polo Park. And so we said, well, we better pray and ask for a spot. See, this is just a small thing, really, isn't it? So we asked for a spot. Um, And he's driving around now in the parking lot in front of that store. Oh, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Oh, it's crazy out here. Oh, no, there's no space, he said. I said, well, we need to ask and keep on asking. Come on, let's ask again. Let's ask God for a parking spot for you by this store. And while we're at it, let's ask for one right near the door. And so we did. And suddenly I heard, ah, down the phone. I said, what's happened? He said, I'm just gliding into a spot near the door. 
Yes, we did say thank you, Lord. Just a small thing. What could be simpler? Asking in the name of Jesus. Asking him to do the impossible. Asking him about our concerns. Asking him to turn things around. Asking him to move a situation that seems to be immovable. Asking him to provide what we cannot. Asking. That's what prayer's all about. There are three uh, different configurations. This is just a little aside that we read about in the New Testament for when and where to pray. We can pray on our own. Matthew 6. We can pray agreeing with one or two others in a small group. And we can pray in the larger gathering in the church and with the whole church. So... uh, that, that's just a little aside on, on your own, in a small group, and with the congregation. Prayer only works when we ask. When we ask God, as Jesus said in our verse, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And you know, I'm always provoked by a little verse in the... Um, Book of James, chapter 4, and I think it's verse 2. You do not have because you do not ask. And it provokes me because it causes me to think, what have I not received simply because I have not asked? Prayer's all about the fatherhood of God, our good, good father. Prayer is all about asking, and prayer is all about receiving. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. This isn't me. This is the scripture. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. I will do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Do you know there are 32,000 verses in the Bible And 8,000 of them are promises. And one of the most frequently mentioned promise is that God will hear and answer our cry. He will hear and answer our call. He will hear and answer our prayer. So let's just take a look at a few here. Before they call, I will answer from Isaiah While they are yet speaking, I will hear. You know, just thinking about the downtown classroom, which was a classroom for the children of newcomers um, from war-torn countries, it was really a mission of mercy, that classroom. And God did so much more than we ever imagined at the beginning, and including a breakfast program that was run every day, a lunch program, Milk for the children daily. Eggs were always given and in the fridge. Cooked, hard-boiled, ready to eat as a nutritious snack. And I could tell you so much more about all that time downtown. But before they call, I will answer. While they're yet speaking, I will hear, says the Lord. In order to keep this uh, food good, we needed a fridge. So in the first place, a friend, a friend of a friend 
who happened to be a University of Manitoba professor, said, I have a fridge in my basement. Arrangements were made, and he brought it in. And that fridge served us very well for quite a while. But one morning, uh, we came in, and it was standing in a small lake. And I thought, the days of this fridge are over. It's done for. It's finished. It's died. In the back of my mind, I thought, well, we'll have to ask God for another fridge. But I hadn't prayed. Julia, um, who worked with me down there, we hadn't got together and prayed about this. This happened in the morning. There's the fridge standing in a lake. It's over. That afternoon, at the beginning of the afternoon, the phone went. And somebody at the other end, who I sort of knew a little bit, from another church in the city, said, what's the address? Can you give it to me loud and clear? Uh, My husband and I felt compelled this morning to go out and buy you a new fridge for the classroom, a brand new fridge. Uh, But I just want to tell them where to deliver it, and they're ready to go now. So our fridge died in the morning. And by the end of the afternoon, the brand new one was in place that we had no idea was coming. We hadn't even started, started to ask God about it. But he knew, of course. And before we even called out to him about it, he'd answered, Thank you, Father. Keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for, Matthew 7. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Do you know, I just want to pop in here. I was wonderfully healed from uh, lactose and, and um, lactose and gluten intolerance um, whilst I was up in the PAR. We were up there for two years, as Peter mentioned. And um, this is just interesting. I received a lot of prayer. Our Tuesday evening prayer group would pray with me just about every week that this gluten and lactose intolerance... Uh, God would take it away. He'd just completely heal my body in regard to those. And it was after Christmas this year, I realized I was still in asking mode. So I would get prayer on a Sunday morning about this lactose and gluten. I would have prayer on a Tuesday evening. John would pray for me. I'd pray. I was stuck actually in asking mode and it was just after Christmas I felt God challenge me and say you know for how much longer are you going to ask me actually has it occurred to you I may have healed you Uh, and to be honest it hadn't I was just stuck in a rut (laughs) oh Lord here I am please touch me And so I said, Father, I know you can do this. I know you are able, and I'm going to eat half a piece of toast, which I did, and it went down very nicely. And so uh, I I progressed from there. It became a whole piece of toast, and it became regular milk and cheese and all sorts of lovely things that I hadn't been able to eat as I was uh, healed from that. Uh, So when I was preparing for this this morning, I felt really spoilt for choice because I didn't know what testimonies to talk about and what to leave out. So there are many more that I I could have brought in. 
because God has done so much. And I love how God gives specific answers to specific prayers. Specific answers to specific prayers. I love that. I love it. Uh, when we had gone up to the par, I think within the first uh, month or two, all our audiovisual equipment had either been stolen or had gone up in smoke, literally. Uh, it had broken and, and we turned on the soundboard one Sunday morning. There was a big puff of smoke, an acrid smell, and that baby was done for. It was over. Um, so we started praying. We started praying with our Tuesday evening group and crying out to the Lord because we did not have the resources, but we were so glad that we knew the one who did. And so we started calling out to God, uh, Lord, you know where this equipment is going to come from. You know how it's going to get here. You are our source of supply, and so we thank you. There's lots of verses about asking with thanksgiving. So we thank you, Lord, for what's coming. We bless you for your answer in this situation. And so we prayed, the Tuesday night group prayed. Somebody remembered a legacy that had been left to the church years and years back for a specific project, a specific purpose. Aha, we thought, is this God's provision? We'd asked him to provide finance and equipment, and quickly. The legacy was found, and as a result, we purchased a new soundboard. We were able to have a sound booth made. We were able to purchase a new multimedia projector, a new computer, new microphones and stands, new speakers and stands, and a new amplifier. And if you know anything about these items, they cost the earth. But that wasn't a problem to our father. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So what seemed huge to us was nothing to him. And we knew we had a good, good father. And we knew we were his children. And we knew Jesus had said, come and ask. I invite you, come and ask. And so there, all the equipment was replaced. That's my father. That's your father. That's the power of the name of Jesus. And that's the delight of asking and receiving in prayer. Well, I would just like to um, share some examples from my own life and experience. And um, there's that audiovisual equipment one. Let's just quickly mention the Palm Paper Mill, the biggest employer in town. Um, this time, I guess, last year, the news went round, it was closing in the middle of December. And so 350 people minimum would have been laid off with no work um, for their Christmas present, and the mill was shutting down. So we got to work praying about this. It was really a no-hope situation. Who would want to buy that mill up in the par? Uh, it was going nowhere from a business point of view. It, it was over. And we started praying. We asked God specifically, would you send somebody who delights in turning 
a business venture around. That was what we were asking God for. Now, we know other people were praying about this. We know you were down here at at the prayer summits, and we really appreciated that too. Um, So we prayed, and God bought a buyer just towards the end of November. He brought a buyer from the States who specializes in turning around ailing companies. That's his passion. And now the mill is a going concern. Josh Foster, in fact, the eldest son of Jason and Sylvia, has a permanent job there. Uh, They're employing people. And uh, the future looks great uh, for the mill. But what was behind all that happening? Prayer. Asking specifically. We asked, Lord, would you send somebody who loves to get involved with an ailing business and turn it around? Would you do that, Lord? We don't want to see 350 people out of work just before Christmas Eve. And our father said, oh, I'd love to get involved with that. The nursing schedules, we had a number of nurses in the, in the uh, PAR congregation Um, but they spent far more time working at the hospital on Sundays than they ever did, being able to get with their church family. And so we started praying for these schedules. Um, And alongside that, John uh, went out for coffee one day with um, uh, someone who'd visited the church. So while they're having coffee, John said, so what do you do? And he said, well... I work at the hospital, and I organize the nursing schedules. So this was very interesting. And John told him what we're praying for, that those schedules would somehow be changed, or funding would be released, or the policy would be changed so that more nurses would be employed. And as he told, as John told this guy that, he said, oh, well, that'll never happen. Well, guess what? (laughs) Guess what? Funding was released. As we were like a dog with a bone over this, week after week after week after week on a Tuesday night, funding was released for more nurses to be employed. And our nurses were most often in the congregation from then on and enjoying being a regular part of their church family. See, what a specific request what a specific answer. Last June, just before um, we were returning to Winnipeg, we prayed, John and I prayed for a lady in the church who had very large ovarian cysts. And at the appointment with her, her surgeon, he was dumbfounded. The cysts were gone, and there wasn't even a scar or a mark. And when I was up there just a few weeks ago, this lady came running to me in the meet and greet time. She literally came running. And she said, she sort of with a loud voice, it wasn't exactly a shout, but not far off, they're gone, they're gone. And I didn't know what she was talking about, but it was this. These ovarian cysts had gone and hadn't even left a scar or a mark. Our Father loves to hear and he loves to answer. 
and he's wonderfully glorified when we ask in Jesus' name. The Humboldt uh, bus, bus crash, horrific, horrific accident involving that junior hockey team from Humboldt in Saskatchewan. And um, it became evident that one of the, the victims in hospital was a member of the extended family of one of the people in the church. And, and so this church member said, you know, can you pray? Can you start praying, including this, on a Tuesday evening? And so in our corporate prayer times on Tuesdays, we'd often get just a little bit of, of news um, to pray for, a little bit of info. And I know that I remember the first one was, when it comes to um, nighttime, his legs are terribly restless and he just cannot sleep. And yet the medical people wanted him to, to have natural sleep through the night, knowing that is such a great healer. Well, we prayed. We just said, Father, would you just quieten his physical body? Would you speak your peace, Lord Jesus? Come as the Prince of Peace and bring your peace into his physical body and especially into his legs. Put him at rest, Lord, and give him the deep sleep he needs. Well, guess what? (laughs) That was on a Tuesday night, and I think it was the Friday, a text came through. He's sleeping wonderfully all of a sudden, and his legs have stopped twitching and and flicking, and he was at rest, he was at peace. I said, thank you, Father. Then the next bit of news, the communication center in his brain, uh, it seemed to have shut down completely. And the parents were told he he may never talk again. This is what it was looking like. So we prayed into that. We said, it's not too difficult for you, Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. And so we started praying, Lord, awaken that area of his brain. Awaken it, Lord. Breathe your breath into it. And only a few days later, a text came in that this young man had started humming which I just thought was beautiful. He didn't suddenly sit up in bed and speak a whole paragraph. He started humming. And after he had been humming for a week or so, he started to be able to speak just one word. So we kept praying, ask and keep on asking. We kept praying. We thanked God for the humming. We thanked God for the individual words. And we kept on praying, and we thanked God when we heard he was beginning to speak in short sentences. Oh, praise God. And uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, last month, they released him to go home. They released him to go home on Thanksgiving weekend. Can you believe that? How apt is that? How appropriate is that? He still has a long way to go, but they said you can continue your recovery from here. Lyndon, right here, little guy, um, fostered by uh, Jim and Carla. Um, They were told he would never talk and he would never walk. It wasn't an if, perhaps, or maybe. That's just how it was going to be. 
And they prayed over him and they worked with him at home and there were physiotherapists who worked with him and speech therapists. But the fact was that the diagnosis remained the same and it was a diagnosis of severely low-scale debilitating autism plus global delay for this non-verbal little boy. But when we pray... When we pray... Right. And just before he started preschool at the age of four, he started walking and he started talking. And Carla was talking to me last night and she said, Val, I really have no words to express what has happened and what God has done. I just don't have the words. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Yes? Yeah, we have a good, good Father. We prayed in Jesus' name. They prayed in Jesus' name. What a wonderful answer. The Ironwood Whiteboard. John and I, as Peter mentioned, um, we're looking after Ironwood uh, this year, our internship program. And let's just say the whiteboard in the Ironwood classroom at our offices in West St. Paul, the um, whiteboard had seen better days. We'll just leave it at that. And so John and I uh, started to ask, Father, we need a new whiteboard. And we need a big one. And we started to ask for that, knowing they're extremely expensive and there was no money in the budget to buy one. And I remember asking one morning when John and I were praying, and Father, would you give us the very best? Because I know I have a good father, and I know he's my Abba, my daddy, so I can ask him for that. Would you give us the very best? And uh, we were looking online and and saw this whiteboard, uh, Staples 3,300, but oh, was it nice. We really did like it, and... uh, Yes, Father, we've asked, we've asked. That would be our choice. And we prayed on, we kept on asking. A day or so later, um, John uh, came across online this very whiteboard, unopened in the box, for $400. And it's hanging on the wall in the Ironwood classroom. What a specific answer to prayer. What a specific answer to prayer. 3,300, we didn't have it. But did God? Yes, it's not a problem to him. He can do anything. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's too difficult. Nothing leaves him scratching his head and sighing. No, we asked. And there it is. If ever you go to the offices and you want to go and take a look, you're welcome to. A little knock on the door of the Ironwood classroom and peep in, you'll see a beautiful top-of-the-range whiteboard hanging there on the wall. Beryl Henney, um, John and I prayed with her a couple of weeks ago in the uh, Rathgar um, congregation. John had had a word at the end of the meeting about uh, God wanting to touch people with kidney problems. And so Beryl came forward and she said, well, it's not really kidneys, but my adrenal glands that sit on the kidneys um, were not working well at all. And they hadn't been for about 10 years. 
and she also had tremors uh, from the cerebellum at the base of the brain, affecting your memory and learning. And she suffered with both these issues for about 10 years. And she, she was often very weary and fatigued as well. So we prayed with Beryl. And we asked the Lord just to bring alignment in her physical body under the Lordship of Jesus and that everything would line up, it would work properly. And in Jesus' name, that he would just breathe into her physical being health and wholeness and strength and stamina. Well, we came home, and I must be honest, I didn't really think about it again. But for Beryl, that evening, she realized she was feeling much better. She also realized the tremors had gone that she'd had for 10 years. And her hands were steady. By Thursday morning of that week, we prayed on the Sunday She was feeling so good. She verbally transferred her dependence on the pills to her dependence on the Lord. And she stopped taking the pills and she said, Father, you are doing something good here. I'm depending on you. I put my trust in you. And since that time, she's never felt better. She uh, is experiencing, she said, tremendous peace. And she was at a medical checkup last Wednesday, and the doctor shook his head, looking at the results of the tests that she just had, and said, well, your numbers are really good. There's no denying there's been a definite shift here. Whether you call it prayer, because um, Beryl had told him, whether you call it prayer or whether you call it the power within, there's been a tremendous shift. You're doing excellently. So that's Beryl's testimony in, in the par uh, there. And she said people are saying to her, my word, you look very well. You look healthy and strong. So that's a wonderful testimony as well. Uh, in the Paul congregation, um, one of our heart cries from our weekly Tuesday night prayer group was, Lord, build your church. Bring those whom you love, those who belong here from the north and the south and the east and the west. And that's out of our Isaiah and also in Luke. And so we prayed this. And often at the end of our, our prayer hour together on the Tuesday, we'd all face Hang on. We'd all face the north. Is that right? Yep. North? We'd all face the north and we'd say, Father, release them, bring them out of the north to this place, to this town. Build your church. Everyone who should be here in this congregation, Father, bring them. And then we'd turn to the south and we'd pray and we'd turn to the east and to the west. By the time we left, students had come into the congregation, soon-to-be marrieds had come, young marrieds had arrived, families had arrived, and people who had drifted away from the church began returning. In two years, that congregation grew by 30%. Why? Is John special? Am I special? No. But what was the prayer group praying for every Tuesday night? 
build your church. Call your people back, Lord. Call your people in. We prayed similarly into the finances. And by the time we left, they'd increased 50%. Why? Because John was always banging a drum, forever preaching on tithing. No. Because we prayed. Because we asked. Our good, good father. We said, Father, back tithe, tithes that need to come in, can you sort that out? Can you see to that? Lord, give understanding of tithes and offerings to those who don't have it right now. Make us to be a congregation of faith who are generous givers. And God just did amazing things in the finances while we were there. My time has gone. But I would love us just to uh, do something together at the end here. I trust this has built faith in you. I trust it's inspired you. And uh, so we're going to finish by standing together. So why don't we do that first? We're going to stand and we're going to speak um, faith by declaring truth into our own hearts and into one another's as well. Okay, so um, I'm going to say a little bit and you're going to follow me. But I'm not going to mutter and mumble, and nor are you. Okay, so if we got that understanding, that's a deal. That this is the truth of the word of God from Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. And so we're going to declare it with joy, and we're going to feel faith arise as we do that. All right, so let's go for it. So I'm going to say a line, and then you can say it after me. All right? Now, glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within us. He is able to accomplish. Infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask, think, or imagine. To ask, may he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. Right. Find somebody, your partner, someone behind you in the row behind. We're going to speak it over one another. All right? Find your partner, quick. Just find somebody. We're going to go through this scripture and declare it into one another's lives. Are we ready? Now, glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within you, he is able to accomplish infinitely more than you would ever dare to ask, think, or imagine. May he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. God bless you.